Hey everyone, and welcome to the Body Positive Mum podcast. I'm your host Adele Johnston, and I really hope that you do take away some really awesome, super duper top tips from this podcast. That's what it's been designed for. If you do like it, please make sure that you give me some kind of thumbs up or subscribe just so that I can keep you up to date with any more content that comes your way. And have an awesome day. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Body Positive Mum podcast. Hoping that this is going to be a really insightful episode. It's something that came to light to me last week really been out with the family and it was one of those moments where you're just I don't know I I can't even remember exactly what I was doing at the time but all I remember is thinking oh my god I need to cover this topic it's something that just kind of really came to light and yeah I wanted to discuss it basically and get your guys viewpoint so please do if you've got any comments on this or you've got questions or you want to challenge anything that we're going to talk about today then please do send them through because I would love to hear your point of view um so just a recap from last week if you've not already listened to last week's episode then please go and do so I had a really amazing conversation with Dr Rosie Tarbuck and we opened up a lot of different avenues we only really scratched the surface with some of them so I think there probably needs to be a follow-up episode with Rosie we talked a lot about her as a GP and working clinics and what she sees a lot coming through around childhood nutrition we talked a little bit on childhood obesity um, in Scotland so again these are things that we can probably touch more upon and get that kind of doctor GP relationship view so yes we'll probably get Rosie back on to do some more in the future I really enjoyed that with her actually but this week what I wanted to do was just talk through like I say a topic that kind of came to me and Although I've probably always known it's been there, I've not really known the best way to bring this one up and start talking through it. So again, interested in your views. So this podcast is going to cover off extreme dieting and the impacts on your family. And that might be, if you're a parent, obviously this podcast is aimed more so around parental and childhood relationships. It's childhood nutrition related and also the role that you play as that adult influencer. So this is going to be, you know, 10 out of 10 for you, hopefully, if that ticks those boxes, if you are that person. However, if you don't have children yet, you're maybe considering having them, you're planning on having them in the near future, then again, this is going to give you some insightful information. But equally, you can always turn this around to be fruitful and relevant to whether you're maybe the young adult or you know the child in the house so flip it around and use it as a okay everything Adele's talking about child related I'm going to think about that for my parents sometimes we do wonder right if we are the adult or the child that's a different topic of conversation but also think about it from your partner or spouse's point of view as well so everything that I talk about and say about the influence that you have on the on your children or the children in your household then consider it is that relevant and could I turn that into something usable for me and my partner me and my spouse so anybody really that you're living with I suppose would probably cover this off so I'm not going to go into definitions of what extreme dieting is I think we all can make our own minds up we're all quite 
intelligent people, we know what that basically means, right? Um, quick recap then, for the, those of you that have been following me, you'll know that I competed around six weeks ago as a bikini competitor in both Scotland and England. I done really well this season. I'm very pleased with how the season went across the different federations that I competed in. And out of that, I had received four British and British, Jesus, can't even speak today, British invites, but made the decision before I'd even gone into those shows that I wouldn't go as far as finals. And there's a purpose behind that. And it's really something that comes into this topic around extreme dieting and the impacts on our family. So for those of you that are currently on a diet, whether that be for sport, like myself, for competing, and by competing I don't necessarily just mean those that are going on stage in a bodybuilding show, that could be that you're a boxer, it could be that you're, oh, I don't know, a jockey or an MMA fighter, or someone that needs to make weight for a specific sport, then again, you may be on that, that journey right now of an extreme diet. You may be doing a diet for health purposes. Maybe you need to lose some body fat. Maybe you are on just a general aesthetics journey. Maybe, you know, you've got holidays coming up and you just want to look really shit hot on the beach. That's entirely your decision. So what we're going to talk about then is the effects that that can then have around the people that you live with more so because those outside of the household, they're not in the heart or the thick of it, right? They don't need to see all of the hours worth of preparation that goes into your food when you're doing an extreme diet like I have done or like many of you may be doing right now. So extreme dieting for sport, let's cover that one off. Um, ultimately, you're going into a massive calorie deficit. You're eating lower calories than what you're burning out basically so that your body will then start to lose body fat and ultimately, if you are going in to do any type of bodybuilding show, then that's when our muscle definition starts to define and come out and pop. That's the goal, right? We want to drop as much body fat as needed so that we get the aesthetic image for stage and we reach those goals. Now, for most athletes, that will probably take in around four to six months to achieve. Some longer, some shorter. Everybody's different. Our bodies are all different. But here's the one thing that each of us will have in common. We're hungry and our calories are reduced down so that we are taking in less than we're burning out. But we have to be extremely clever with how we then choose our food sources because for that period of between four to six months, you don't want to be excluding some key food sources from your lifestyle and diet. You still need to ensure that you're taking in adequate amounts of vitamins and minerals. And we do that through, you know, well, personally how I done it was through my fruit and vegetable intake, making sure that where I could include some really good volume foods in there that I did. And I made sure all the time that I'm, you know, was getting in ample amounts of fruits and vegetables to get those vitamins, those antioxidants and those just those good little warriors into the body. I was buying those food types, not only for the children, but also for me. So Clara and Shannon, we, we do go through quite a lot of fresh and frozen fruit in this household. Um, again, through choice, because that's how I like to make sure that the girls are snacking. Um, 
we've already covered off other things and other episodes around that but ultimately you know you're on such low calories that you are needing to ensure that you're taking in ample vitamins and minerals at points through your foods but also and we're not going to hide all around the fact that sometimes we have to supplement those when we're in such an extreme diet state so again taking multivitamins taking vitamin d supplementation taking an omega-3 supplementation on a daily basis because we maybe aren't taking enough in through the foods that we're consuming over those days so that's what i'm going to refer to as that extreme dieting state now here's where that impact can then hit on your family things like family nights family days out family meals these are all things that are then impacted and i'm saying that as i kind of do that inverted commas thing with my fingers so if you can see me now i'm doing the inverted commas thing with my fingers when i say impacts on family because you are that person that you know is potentially asking the chef to redesign the meal a little bit for you or if like me and you've gone to some restaurants and there's just nothing there that you're going to be able to have because you've planned ahead and you've looked at the menu and they won't modify it because it's all pre-made boo that's where you're then having to take a lot of your own foods and if those restaurants won't allow you to eat your own foods some of them won't understandable then you're effectively not having a meal with your family I personally made decisions not to do that. So my end goal, although it was to get to stage and be the best I could possibly be, was to do that, but not to interfere with my health and as much as possible, my family's happiness. So I was always making decisions around, right, okay, is it going to be that bad if I have to have, you know, X food type Um, and just ask them to leave that on the side or put that on the side for me so I don't need to eat it so it was about making these choices but time and time again and I see and I hear this all the time in the bikini competing industry where mums will not do that so they will be the mum at the table they won't be eating with their family now bearing in mind the hunger levels are through the bloody roof you're so hungry all the time that even to sit in front of people eating that food takes a lot of restraint. But here's the thing. Your family are missing out on you being present in the moment. You're missing out on being present in the moment. And the kids will be able to pick up the fact that mummy's not eating. So is there something wrong with this food? Is there something that, you know, is that food potentially, and depending on how old the kids are in your life, Are they going to look at that and think, right, mum's not eating that food because she's on a diet to lose fat for her show. So if she is not eating that, does that mean that, wait a minute, could that impact me? Could that, you know, an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old isn't going to use the words impact, but you know what I'm meaning. Are they going to sit and think, I can't have that either? And I've seen it happen. And that's the reason I'm bringing this up. I've seen it happen from both a bikini athlete point of view but I've also seen it happen from just being vigilant when I've been out for meals with our family where mums at the table will sit with a side salad eyeing up the chips on the table because they desperately so want one and they won't do it and the kids are then frightened to take their hands and start to eat those chips the kids are then 
you know, you can see their brains are ticking and they're starting to think, why is mum not having that? Hmm. So again, it goes way back to this point on the adult influence. It goes way back to the point on kids watching what we do, learning from what we do, learning from what we say, the actions that we take. So it's, it goes way, way back to all of this. And it's a theme that will run throughout these episodes is around that adult influence. So the extreme dieting and the impacts it has on family is something that I would urge each and every one of you to take a consideration away from today and to think that if you are someone who is on a diet right now, is that impacting on your family's happiness, on your happiness? And if it is, then asking yourself the question around what are your main values right now? And that's quite a deep thing to ask someone because until you've actually taken a pen and paper, I like old fashioned pen and paper. If you're not that as old fashioned as me, then use the laptop, use the iPad, use your mobile phone, your notes section, whatever works for you. But I pen and paper it and I write down at the point and my core values will normally always stay around some like about three to five And family happiness is always one of them and it's always there within the top three. Sometimes it's number one, sometimes it's number two. It just really depends on where you are in your life and at that point in the game, depending on, again, are you doing this dieting for something? Is it for sport? Is it for health? Is it for aesthetics? And it's asking yourself the question on, and we've all done this, Are you getting sucked into it too deeply? Is it impacting on your family? And that goes wider than just not being able to have a Krispy Kreme donut. You know, there's times where you just don't want to have that. But another point as well on all of this, when it impacts on family, and this was probably where this hit me last week, and this is the point I was talking about. So... A lot of you are probably going to be like, oh my God, yes, I do that. And I do feel a little bit ashamed to admit this and to talk through it all. So, but I'm just, I'm going to do it because it's so important. My first year competing, I'd never experienced hunger like it in my life. I'd never experienced what it had been like to be on a diet before because I'd never had to. And that's not a boastful statement. It's purely around that I was just always very very active, very sporty, you know, and I, and again, I did watch what I ate. I wasn't kind of, I wasn't an arsehole with it all. I, I basically went out and, and would eat to what I wanted within reason, but reining it in for health purposes, I suppose, but I was very active. So weight was never an issue for me. It fluctuated, but it was always within parameters that I'd set. So I was quite, quite comfortable. Um, but going into my very first prep, I'd never experienced hunger levels like it. I'd obviously never dropped so much severe body fat like it in my life. And yeah, it was an accomplishment. It absolutely was. But I then had a really, really severe rebound after my first show. And instead of reverse dieting, my hunger levels were just ridiculous. My hunger hormone was just ridiculous. And I was constantly hungry, regardless of how much I'd eaten and how frequently I'd eaten. Now that's quite common. And I knew that that would happen, but I didn't control it. 
And what I started to do was I started to live my food fantasies through my family. And this is the bit that I'm ashamed about. This is the bit that I kind of go, fuck, that was so bad. And learned from it and realize now how severely irresponsible as a parent it was of me. But ultimately, what I would then do is, if I went to do a weekly shop or I nipped into Tesco to pick up some bread and milk or, you know, we just needed some more berries, you never just go in and get the one thing you want, right? You always come out and the pint of milk that you went in for cost you like 46 quid. Just if that, yeah, please let me know that that's not just me. But that ultimately happens quite a lot to me. So went in on this particular day and had picked up the bits that we needed but in Tesco, in our local Tesco here in Dulwich, Dunfermline, they've got a Krispy Kreme stand. And I had not had, and I was still on prep at this point, so this was before I'd kind of come off and done rebound. I'm going to talk you through the two two bits of this, I suppose. But So before, still on prep, before rebound, I'd went in and seen the Krispy Kreme donuts, the smell, you know, the sight of them, everything about them was just like, oh my God, I want to, I just want to buy you. I want to have you in my trolley. So that's what I did. And I got three. I got one for each of the girls and I got one for Sean. Now they hadn't asked me to do that. They hadn't particularly expressed that they wanted one. They hadn't even talked about Krispy Kreme donuts to me either that day or or the days leading up to that day. But I bought them them because I wanted them, not because they wanted them. And I brought them home and I was all super proud of myself. And I was like, look what ones I've picked you. And, you know, they're kind of like, oh, yay, thanks, mum. And they would just sit there and they would just sit there and then they would be there the next day. And I would start to then say, why are you not eating them? And it was almost becoming a bit of a, you need to eat these. I've bought them. I bought them for you. And they would have a little nibble of them. And, you know, so basically I was then doing that whole like living my food fantasies through my children and my husband and that's so not right it just doesn't sit right with me at all now um second line to that so coming off of prep the first time what I had done was each and every time the lead up to to the end to the end of it basically lead up to showtime I would start to buy bits of food that I wanted to have after show day so whether it be biscuits or sweets or croissants or you know anything that really I was like oh my god I would love to have that right now I would buy it and that was part of my therapy and it would go into a bag or a box in a cupboard and then that was basically my after show stash and I would work my way through it and hence the reason that I gained weight very quickly after my first show But we're not going to look at it as a negative. It was a learning. It was a lesson learned. And I suppose then at that point, what I was, and we'll bring this back around into what it means around that extreme dieting and the impacts on family. But basically what I was then doing was creating that restrictive lifestyle around food because it happens. It naturally happens as part of an extreme diet you can't have the things that you potentially wanted to have there and then. You've got to have more control over what you are eating to achieve the end goal, right? And for me, personally, it was such an extreme level of dieting that I couldn't just have the Krispy Kreme donut, 
the piece of pizza, the big bowl of pasta, you know, all these things had to be sacrificed. And again, I'm doing that in very commas with my fingers. So they had to be sacrificed for a small period of time to achieve the end goal, knowing that I could have them afterwards. So fast forward to this season's prep and the lessons that I've learned, because again, I don't look at it as a failing. I don't look at it as a, it was negative, but I don't look at it as a big failing. I've learned a lot from that. And what I decided that I wouldn't be doing this time is I wouldn't be taking my children through a journey of restrictive eating to then going into almost a bit of a, I don't want to use the words binging because it wasn't as bad as binging, but ultimately it's that binge restrict life cycle and lifestyle that you then lead. Knowing that food will always be there is that kind of, you know, you don't need to fear about the fact that it won't be there. And that's something that I learned very quickly for second time round, excuse me, was being able to know that Tesco and Asda are open 24-7, Adele. They're not going to go anywhere. You can go in and buy that bag of sweets or, you know, that croissant anytime. You don't need to buy it now and store it. Crazy, right? Absolutely crazy. It's crazy what the body will do. It's crazy what your hormones will drive you to do. It's crazy what you will do when you're in an extreme diet state. And it's crazy that we do it around our children. Because again, they watch, they listen, they see what we do. The fact that I was buying those packets of sweets and having them in my own part of the drawer and that they knew that that was mum's, they knew that I wasn't having it because I was was dieting for show. So second time round, there was a lot taken in and learned from that, that I didn't need to do that. And I certainly did not need to start living my food fantasies through them. Unless they asked for something. If they asked for the donut, then fine. If they didn't, then don't offer it. If they didn't, then don't buy them and put them in front of them. And if they didn't, and you buy them anyway, and it's still left there, then not encouraging them to eat it just because you want to eat it. So that was something that really hit me quite heavy. Um, and it only really hit me properly heavy after this second show time that the impacts that that can have around your own food fantasies, your own food cravings, the living that life through your children is not right. And it's certainly something that would create for them as they grow older, that image and that connotation around food. And it's so important for me, and this is absolutely why this podcast was started. It was so important for me to be able to share the things that I've done that you're kind of like, you know, when you look back on things, you think, bloody hell, like seriously, just if I can help to stop or to save one person listening to this from doing the same as what I have done. And just to acknowledge it, if you're listening to this right now and thinking, Jesus Christ, that's exactly what I do. Then be aware that you're doing it. And this episode will have done its job. Being aware that kids will opt for things that are easy. They'll opt for the things that you make available to them. And they'll opt for things that taste nice. That's ultimately what they do. 
sugar is highly palatable and again it's a different topic of conversation but ultimately kids will always opt for things that look good taste good you know just that they enjoy having and for a lot of kids if they've never tried sugary treats before then they're not going to know what they taste like but that's not to say that you can't give them them it's not to say that there's anything right or wrong with them. It's choice. It's all food choice. But what we should never, never, never be doing is when we are in that extreme diet state where our hormones are crazy, where our hunger levels are wild, where we are basically going on that food sacrifice journey for the things like the sweet treats, the sugary treats, that we don't then live that life through our kids. Because ultimately, for me, it's a massive, a massive irresponsible thing to have done when I look back at it and think now, the girls hadn't asked me for any of that. Sean hadn't asked me for any of that. So why did I feel the need to bring it into the household and give it to them? And I'm sure that you'll listen to this and you'll think, God, oh, yeah, I'm probably not as bad as that. Or yes, I am. I do that. Acknowledge it. Be aware of it. And then if you are going to carry that forward and do it again when you go and do your next food shop, then just remind yourself of, do they need this? Have they asked for it? Because, again, and I'll lead it back to this, but when we are in that level of extreme diet, when we are restricting what we're eating because of an end goal, and I, you know, I, I know I've said this so many times again, that extreme diet that I was on my own personal journey was an extreme diet. It was very restrictive. It was, you know, end goal was such a tight timeline to get there that ultimately it was just head down and get to stage. But food doesn't go anywhere. So relax into it. And don't, I suppose, you know, this is not about do's or don'ts, but don't overly complicate things don't overly restrict yourself I still had bits of the kids pick and mix when I was on prep I still had nibbles of their Krispy Kreme donuts I still had things that I enjoyed because a massive piece for me on the learnings from the first prep that I ever done was how severe my cravings got and how bad my rebound was on the first year after coming off of prep. And I vowed that I would never experience that again. And yet the first prep that I'd done was to the calorie, to the gram of macro. There was nothing over. There was no you know, licking of fingers after making Nutella sandwiches for the kids. I was very down straight and narrow down the line, just get there and do it properly. But the second time round was more flexible. The second time round allowed for that flexibility of if I wanted to have a giant straw out of their pick and mix or a bite of their donut. I didn't, and I certainly did lick my fingers after the Nutella sandwiches this time. But it's all around your own wants, needs, journey, goal, values. So what I'll probably leave you with at the back end of this episode 
because I'm aware that it's probably been quite a lot to listen to and it's jumped around a little, is the fact that, and just to recap, extreme dieting is something that a lot of us will put ourselves into without knowing. Extreme dieting is something that our children will be very mindful of without you knowing. And extreme dieting can be very dangerous in a family setting. So consider how you become a bit more aware of that. Consider what your actions are currently like within your household. Are you living your food fantasies through your children and your spouse? Are you buying those foods for the household knowing that you're not going to eat them but that actually they're not going to support your family's overall optimal health? Then just don't buy them. Instead opt for things that you know are going to support them because it's all too easy to live your food fantasies through people. It's all too easy to buy those things in because you crave them and you want them. But it's not going to make things any easier for you and it's certainly not going to create that environment for your children. I hope you found this one interesting. It is very much, this episode was very much taken from a a bit of a a self-discovery um, my own experiences and my own learnings as I've gone through two preps. The first one being that, you know, very wet behind the ears. I was very much a novice in that industry, had never done anything like that before, had never dieted as extremely as that before. So it was all very much a huge lessons learned. Second time round, nailed a lot of the kind of shitty sides of it, made sure that the kids and happiness like family happiness was put at the forefront and from that I was still able to enjoy family times and I think that if I can ask you guys and gals to take one thing away from all of this apart from the being aware of not living food fantasies through your children or your family is also that life is far too precious and far too short to miss out on these things So unless you have an absolute requirement to be on an extreme diet, just be a little bit more relaxed with things and be aware, be fully, fully aware that your children will feel your negativity, your upset, your anguish and the times that you maybe don't get the results that you'd wanted for that way in. Be mindful of it. Because it carries through from childhood to young adult, adolescence, teenage years, early adulthood. And again, I think that as that adult influencer in that child's life, regardless of if they're a baby right now or you're dealing with teenagers, hats off to you. I've got that to come, I know. Then we have that responsibility to ensure that We educate, but we also teach them through what we do. So I encourage you to think about how you are living that lifestyle, your own lifestyle, your own journey with your foods. Because they're definitely watching you. They're definitely listening to you. 
Hopefully this has been helpful. I would be really interested to hear your comments and any feedback that you have. So please do remember to do that. You can drop um, any requests or, or comments into the comments boxes. You can get in touch with me by email or across our social media platform. And I really, really hope you have an awesome, awesome week. Thanks for listening.